Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Guardian Scholars um, podcast. This is Unguarded, and we are in our fourth week of classes, fall semester 2020. We are still off campus, and we just found out that we will continue to be off campus through the rest of the year. So this podcast for us becomes increasingly important, and we just want to make sure we're still here and that we're relevant and we're encouraging you and able to kind of express ourselves a little bit in terms of what we're going through as a team and as a program. So if you're not familiar with us or you're new to the program, the Guardian Scholars Program is a program for former foster youth or for college students currently experiencing homelessness at CSU Bakersfield. The Guardian Scholars Program is a program that's available on most campuses up and down the state of California. So if you happen to be not a CSUB student, but a student on another campus, and those are some of the things that maybe you're dealing with in your life at this moment, or maybe you were a former foster youth, make sure that you search for Guardian Scholars, Renaissance Scholars, some form of former foster youth program that can help you out, especially right now when we need a little bit more support and a little bit more connection, even virtually. So that's what this program is about, and we're here today to talk over some relevant topics with you. Today's topic will be about momming in college. And I did say momming because it is an active verb, it's an active process, and it's different, I think, from anything that anybody else goes through in higher education. Um, I know that all students who come into college life come with um, a specific experience, specific circumstances that they're going through. But I, in particular, happen to work with many students that are, um, that are single moms or who are moms in college, and we kind of end up finding one another. And so today's podcast is relevant for me and for my co-host because I happened to be a single mom during my undergraduate and some of my graduate work experience. And we're gonna talk about what it's like to be in college, to have children, to be pregnant in college, um, and to face you know, your academic choices and experiences once you have children, what that's like for all of us. Um, so anyway, before we jump into that, I want to throw a few kind of fun facts or interesting points about moms in college or moms in their careers in general. Um, so bear with me if anybody wants to jump in at this point, you can, if not, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves and then we'll jump into our conversation. So these are things I didn't know about moms in careers and in college. Number one, the average age of new moms in the U.S. is 25, which is higher than 21 in 1970. Um, because one of the first utterances babies make is a ma sound, M-A. Most languages have the sound at the basis for mother. Modern moms are more likely to be more educated, single and older. So yay, modern moms. 58% of single moms have a bachelor's degree, which I thought was awesome. I had no idea that that statistic was so high, but it kind of makes sense because once you get into single momhood, you realize the importance of that stability and that degree. And suddenly, as it did for me, it makes you get it really fast and work really hard at it. Um, demographers estimate that half of all children will live with a single mom at some point before 18, which is very important to kind of consider when you're going into education or maybe you're having children and you are a single mom, realizing that you're not alone in that experience, that many women and men deal with being a single parent. Um, 
some global concerns for moms include guilt for not spending enough time with their kids, feeling overwhelmed and frustrated um, by being the default parent, meaning you are the primary parent for your kid, the one that they keep coming back to. So these were just a few of the things that we might kind of go through in our podcast today, but I thought it might be interesting to start off with some facts and statistics about what it's like being a mom. So with that in mind, I'm going to let my three co-hosts um, introduce themselves to you really quickly. Hopefully we'll keep them on the program because I definitely want them here. And um, anyway, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves and we'll move into our conversation. So go for it. Hi everybody, I'm Jojo. I'm one of the newest moms. I have a seven month old today. She turned seven months today. I'm so excited about that. Um, I'm one of the student assistants, if you guys didn't know. I've been working with the program for a little bit over a year, going into two years now. And I'm happy to talk to you guys. Oh, I did want to share something. I had um, I had a fun fact that I didn't know that I want to share. It says, when a woman becomes pregnant, micro-mechanisms allows mom to harbor, harbor cells from the child. So pretty much the mother carry that child with them forever. Yes. I think that I'm always telling my child's father, like, you know, I have her, I carry her, but now like, this is a fact, I will always have her even though, you know, I don't have her inside of me anymore, but I thought that was pretty cool and I didn't know about that. It is but. cool. There's science behind that. And you know what? I really feel like a mom of older children that there's this weird connection. Like I always feel like they're with me no matter what. And I feel like that's such a strong statement because at a cellular level, they really are always with us, which is such a special bond. But We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but I couldn't help it. Like when I read that, I was blown away because it explains was, a lot. Yes. I was like, I have to share that. We'll talk about it though. <laughs> yes, Jojo. Okay, next. Who else is here with me today? So uh, my name is Daisy and I've known Monica and the EOP program, I think for eight years now. And um, I, I met Monica and I was just, I instantly connected with her and I've worked with her and I just enjoy it. And I'm happy to share some of my stories here with you guys today. Welcome, Daisy. Glad you're here. We miss you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, everybody. My name is Erica, and I am a member of the Guardian Scholars Program. I'm a new member. Um, I've been in it for a few months now, but I've always known that it's existed. I've always been a part of it and um, helped encourage the students in the program uh, with fitness and wellness. I have a two-year-old, and I'm learning daily. And it's been an exciting time and very rewarding for me. So I look forward to talking about my experiences and my, my time with my son. Awesome. Well, I invited these three women to be here with me because first of all, um, they not only are my coworkers, my employees, my assistants, but they've become over the years friends of mine. And I think that Daisy said something really importantly, like we have all kind of connected over the fact that we're moms and we're moms together. And I don't feel like that's the only reason that we're friends or colleagues, but I definitely know that we support one another at that level. And I think that's really important because it kind of speaks to why we work so well together. And it kind of leads into one of the things that I want to talk about today in that, you know, we think about being moms and we're all moms at different levels at this point, but 
I really am interested in how we function as moms through higher education, as how in how we're perceived as mothers in higher education, as well as in our careers, and how we feel about ourselves as moms in these two roles. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to keep it quick, but if anybody wants to kind of think about that as we move forward, let's go with that right now. But my momming experience um, was that I began undergrad not as a mom, but about three years in, I ended up um, becoming pregnant and having my oldest son, Logan, who is now 26. And he went with me pretty much through the entire undergrad experience. Having him in undergrad was really scary for me because I didn't, like many moms, know how I was going to do it because I was a single mom at that point a couple of years in. And I really found that he just drove me. Like being a mom made me work so much harder. I was more disciplined in class. I reached out for help more than I ever had. It was like I had to come over my own barriers as a mom and as an insecure undergrad student being first generation really, really fast. All of a sudden, all those insecurities didn't matter as much anymore. And I was like, I just have to get in there and do this because I have to provide for my son. It also helped me shift the way that I saw myself because suddenly I realized how powerful I was as a woman, how capable I was as a woman, even though I felt mom guilt about not being able to spend every moment with him and the fact that he had to view me and witness me going through school and working at the same time and raising him. I also felt really empowered thinking, wow, like, I really hope this is such an example for him someday. And having seen him now go through undergraduate work, graduate work, career searches, um, I really feel like that was an example to him as well as my younger son. And so it shifted how I saw myself as a woman as well. And I'm just wondering, you know, throwing that out there, what was your experience having a child in undergrad? Did it shift anything for you? Um, did it shift how you saw yourself? So let's start with that. So with me, um, I, I was also um, not a mom before I started undergrad. I was a mom a year after I started at CSCB. And it was scary. I was like, how am I going to do this? I, how am I going to have a job? And um, it wasn't easy for sure. There was so much mom guilt at the beginning. But I didn't know that I have I had to keep going. And then as Santiago like grew up, um, it made me look at myself more like I had to. Um, I wanted to teach him the things that I wish that I, that somebody would have like my parents would have. They did a great job, and I love them so much. But um, it made me want to teach him the things that I wish that I would have had, and it made me look at myself more like. Um, in a way that I can better myself because I knew he's watching and I knew that I'm, I'm his mom and and I also need to provide for him. And um, it wasn't easy, but it also um, was, a, I felt so empowered, um, mm -hmm. like so strong, like everything that I've been through and I'm still here and I'm, I'm a good mom and he's a good kid and I'm just, yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was my experience. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Daisy. So for me, um, I actually already had my bachelor's degree when I had my son, and I was a year out already. And so um, for me, time is the most valuable thing, and especially when you're a single mother. 
And I had to think of a way of how could I maximize my time with my son. And so during that year, first year of having him, I was like, you know what? Becoming a teacher is going to allow me to maximize my time because I'll be out of school when he's out of school. I get him um, during vacation, summers, you know, and that was something that I actually really connected with anyways with physical, physical education and teaching. So all in all, it kind of just like bridged itself together. And so I went back to school and now I'm in the credential program to be a teacher. But at the same time, it was extremely difficult because I'm teaching students during the, day, during the day with my normal job as a substitute teacher. And then I have class from 5 to 8.30 at night, and then I'm not leaving campus till about 9 p.m. And here I am losing my time with my son every single day from about 7 a.m. to about 9.30 p.m. And then as a single parent, you have to alternate weekends with the father. So every other weekend, I didn't have my son. And like I said, like time is very, very valuable. And I was getting two days out of two weeks with my son while he was a toddler. And not really a toddler, he was, he was at the age of one, but still like they hit these milestones that I felt like I was missing. And it started getting heavy and heavier and heavier. And luckily, like I'm not like happy COVID's here, but in a way it, it allowed me to get my son back because it hit in the middle of a semester when I was starting to get depressed, starting to feel like I can't do this anymore. And because of COVID now I'm fully online. I'm fully working online. Also, I am on classes online and now I feel like a superwoman because I get my son all day long. I'm taking care of him and I'm taking care of the things that I need to do in order to be successful. And yeah. he's cheering me along the whole entire way. And once again, it's like, I have my time back. So for me, it was, it was a blessing in disguise. So that's, that's a little bit of my story. Got it. Thanks for sharing. Last but not least. Um, my go. I, I had my daughter within the last year of my undergrad, which I'm currently in. Um, this journey is something. Mm -hmm. um, it's more than what I expected it to be. Um, a lot of people tell me like, oh, it's going to be hard. Um, you can't do it. You should wait. And I'm like, I can do this. So I did it. <laughs> she wasn't planned, but she wasn't not planned, if that makes sense. So it's just a transition. Um, honestly, COVID is helping out a lot because I don't have to worry about going to campus or finding a sitter or anything like that. But it's definitely teaching me how to balance education and balance bonding with my daughter because she is seven months so during this time she's teething she's learning how to crawl she's learning how to hold her bottle she's like learning all of these different things she's learning how to say mom dad like these things and it's like I don't want to miss any of these things so it's like I have my homework right here in front of me but my daughter is right next to me so it's like it's hard trying to balance out the two. It's like, I'm still learning. I thank God that this is my last semester. Um, and I take my hat off to everybody else on this podcast and the people listening because it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be, but it's worth it. I can tell you that. I'm very happy with my decision and my daughter and everything, but it's a challenge. And I, I, 
I can't even stress it enough. I have to take my hat off to everybody on this podcast because I'm looking at all of you guys as an inspiration. Even my mom, my my close friends, everybody. So I'm trying to take in all of this information <laughs> that I get from everybody here. This is a learning experience. So hopefully everything that we share today can help somebody else. For sure. And I think one of the things that's really, well, that I'm hearing everybody saying is how much of a challenge it is, how much of a balancing act it is, and how much we kind of second guess our decisions at points. Like Erica was mentioning some of the guilt that you feel because you're missing some milestones, you're missing some time, or maybe missing some important events where you're committed to your work or your education and you have to actually be someplace else because that's, that's true for anybody with anything. But I think what's interesting is oftentimes, and I'm not trying to stereotype, but this is kind of a generalization that women are not seen as powerful societally if they're moms. And sometimes, unfortunately, we're seen as less capable in the workplace or in our careers because we're moms. And I wanna talk about that a little bit today and see if maybe you feel that some of that has truth to it or if maybe it's a misconception and it's not true at all. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about how I feel and then you guys can think about it for a second. But in terms of being a mom, I'm not gonna lie and say that in my career, I haven't needed exceptions because I have two sons. And for 10 years, I raised them pretty much on my own. Just the primarily day-to-day -day was on my own. So I was really lucky in that I had a career that was flexible enough to allow me to be there for the things that were most important with my sons. And at some time, my sons just came along with my education and in terms of my work. But I also feel like it should become the standard nowadays to accept that women or men who are single parenting um, or just a person the single parenting in general, or that is just a parent, maybe not a single parent, is going to need accommodations. And that's not an exception. That's a human issue, right? Because we're human beings who procreate and we have additional responsibilities. So I think that there are some companies and organizations that do really well with that. And there are some that don't. And in terms of the misperception that we are not powerful women because we are mothers, Personally, I feel like being a mom has empowered me even more because it's really solidified for me who I am in my own life, who I am lucky enough in my son's lives, and who I am in the world. It's like when I became a mom, and this is not the only woman to be, this is not the only way to be empowered. I want to really say that to everybody. But if you are in that situation, for me, I really found that it helped me find my grounding and find my purpose and drive me forward in ways that I don't think I would have been brave enough to attempt had I not had my sons looking to me or needing me to provide for them. Give me your thoughts on either of those two things. And I have to pause for a second so you guys keep talking because my son is playing music really loud. So you continue, anybody, and I'll be right back. Like, I'll go. Um, I honestly say, like, it pushes me to to keep going, to move forward, knowing that my daughter is watching me. Even though she's so small and she don't really, you know, understand, but I know that everything that I'm doing is going to benefit her, whether it's good or whether it's bad. 
So that's up to me to make that decision on what path that I'm going to go down. And it, it puts a lot of pressure on my shoulders. And I feel like we have one of the most important jobs that anybody can ever have, which is bringing, bringing life into the world and also guiding this life down a path that they'll be successful in whatever that they choose to do. It's like the mother, we hold that, we hold that, that connection together between the, the child and the mom and the child and the world. Like we plant that seed in our child and only we can like, you know, nurture it the way that it's supposed to. I know dads, they do their part as well, but it's like, it's nothing compares to what we do. And that's just honestly, like I've honestly felt like, you know, even though I'm not a single mom, so I don't really know how to connect on that level, but even being in the same home with the child and the dad, I do majority of the work. It's, it's, it's not because I do it, but it's because it's just naturally what we do. We just take on these tasks and just get it done. That's just the instinct in us. And yeah, I'm just and learning that, and I've only been doing this for seven months. I don't think this podcast is about necessarily being a single mom. I think it's about being a mom in college. But I think three out of four of us who are on this podcast today have experience being yeah. a single parent. Being a single parent and more specifically being a single mom. So I appreciate you saying that, Jojo. And I just want to clarify for the audience or anybody listening, this is just about, you know, expressing how it is to move through education and higher education more specifically while being a parent and like being real about it and, and being positive about it. And also like just admitting it's challenging, you know, it's wonderful, it's challenging, it's motivating, but it is all of the above, no doubt. And like you guys said, nobody prepares you for that. Like you can't know it until you do it. So anyway, Daisy and um, Erica, what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, so just to like talk a little bit about what Jojo said, um, parents in general, um, especially in college, but all the time we have like a responsibility to raise the future. Like we are raising the future of the world, you know? So that's a big responsibility. And um, unfortunately sometimes too with, when when we're moms and we have to ask for days off and it just right yeah, like monica said it doesn't look people don't see it as a good thing mm -hmm. but um i think it's a good um idea to start changing that because yeah like our future is is we're raising the future and if we do um a good job and the best that we can our like the world can be such a better place and studies also show that women who can bring their children to the workplace and have them closer to them during those hours have higher productivity than women or people, not even just women, but people in general. And I know that's not even what we began to think about talking about where this podcast is concerned, but I think that that's something that, you know, maybe we as like world changers might see that movement take place, might be a part of that movement as well, because we are becoming so like, I think even in terms of COVID, look at how many parents are home, homeschooling their children and having to work at the same time. So maybe we're proving that we can do both, that we can bridge that gap between work and home 
between career woman, person, and motherhood, parenthood, and maybe we don't need to have them so separate like we have for the last like freaking hundred years that women have been trying to break into the workplace. So I think that we're proving that now that yes, we're learning and we're adapting and we're growing. We don't have it down correctly, but Hey, maybe we don't need to be so separate in those processes anymore. That's how I'm looking at it. What are your thoughts, Erica? I believe that there is a lot of pressure on a woman to be successful and to be a mother at the same time. And like to feed off of what Jojo was saying, because she was talking about talking about women being nurturing and everything. And it's like, it's mother nature for a reason. It's not called father nature. It's mother nature. Like we are the creators. We are the birthers. We are the thing. We are what brings that life. We provide the heart. We provide the affection. Like we provide that and we put that into our sons and our daughters while the fathers, yes, they contribute, they bring the strength of the family, the leadership, but the women also bring that as well. And I feel like women get, we don't get enough credit for what we have to go through. You know, they expect us to like step down in certain circumstances when we're fully capable, or they try telling us that we're not enough for this position because we're a woman. And it's like, explain to me why we're not enough, you know, like why, why are our pay grades less than yours? Why, why we are doing the exact same thing that you are. You know, we're fully capable. Like, yes, physical strength, we may not have that, but, like, mental decisions or... <laughs> yeah, I do. Well, I'm just thinking, like, in, like, out in the oil fields or certain <laughs> things, like, you know, there's high demand for, like, strength of lifting things. Like, yeah, we I'm may not be physically sure capable. <laughs> I'm pretty sure any of us could probably um, do those, those positions pretty well. Exactly. Right, exactly. but it's just, like why are we not equivalent? Like, I'm not like, you know, like, why aren't we getting the same pay? So it's like, as a woman, it's like, we feel like we're always trying to fight for what we need, or we've always had to like fight even to, to vote. We've had to fight to even get to where we're at as a woman. Cause we've always had to be shadowed by a man when we should be standing right next to them. And I don't know, but I can speak on for like the educational system so far for me though, like, being a mother in the credential program, all my professors have been very understanding. They haven't actually discredited me or felt like I had to deduct points because I couldn't be there for a certain reason because I had something that involved my son. Um, I don't know what it's like in undergrad, but I do know in the credential program, my professors have been extremely understanding. They've even told me if I need to leave class early for whatever reason, you know, they've always lifted me up in motherhood. They've never said like, you know what, you need to be here. You have to be here. They'll be like, you know what, well, I'll talk to you later. We'll meet up and discuss what you need to do to catch up. Yeah, They've and never I mean, discredited me. That happened to me too, a lot in undergrad. I had a lot of, I had both professors mostly and it made me those comments like, take your time. It made me work even harder. It, make, it made me want to do the best job that I could because they were just being understanding with me and yeah, that's one thing that, that did happen to me. Yeah, as an instructor and as a student, because I had kids when, I, when I'm a professor and I had kids when I was a graduate student as well and part of my undergrad, I always felt like it was my responsibility when I asked for exceptions to, to overachieve in other areas to you know, kind of prove my gratitude and um, and that I felt, you know, just really grateful for them considering the fact that I'm a mother and that I have maybe different needs than a more, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, traditional student that maybe didn't have children 
in undergrad or in my graduate work. So I always felt like just really grateful when somebody acknowledged that there are needs that are a little bit different when you're parenting and you're a student and that it's not a um, liability. I always appreciated it when they just treated it as a human issue, as a, and you know, not even as an issue, just a human condition, a female condition to parent and be a mother and to have, you know, a multi-directional, multifaceted life, which is what we have when we are parents and mothers. It's not a liability. It's just, it is what it is. So um, I always appreciate it when people just kind of let me be what I am, which is a human being with maybe a different set of needs. So it sounds like we all disbelieve that women cannot be powerful when they're mothers because uh, Erica's about to go out to the oil fields and, <laughs> and close the wage gap and close. I actually already worked out there and it was terrible. <laughs> no, you didn't. It was so hot. Right. right. And I do want to say also that we today are putting the focus on motherhood, not to leave out single fathers any other type of single parent, maybe something that's maybe not gender specific, um, but that today we're just talking about being moms in college, being moms in our careers, and that's why the emphasis is on this, but Erica brought up some great points about the wage gap. <laughs> that's a whole other <laughs> podcast, which is worth exploring, but you know that's for another time, but it is true. Like There's a major wage gap in this country, and that's what I'm thinking about where COVID is concerned. Maybe and I hope many positive things come out of what we're going through right now. But I hope one of them is um, accepting and acknowledging that we need a better way of you know, supporting people who are in student life, a better way of supporting people in general who are within their careers, and that maybe we don't have to have such massive separations between the areas of our lives because that's what causes the conflict, the guilt, you know, the kids who don't understand where their parents are, the parents who are not producing as much as they want to. I'm not even talking need to, but want to within their careers. Because we go into our careers because we want to be exceptional and fantastic at them. And sometimes I feel like we're not given the place to be that because there's so many pulls at us personally and professionally. So I don't know, maybe we'll see growth in this country where that's concerned. I know it's definitely something I'm considering. Um, but anyway, I wanted to also go into another segment of our podcast. It's a little bit lighter than momming in university life. And we're going to share some of our tips, picks, and tricks of the week with you, our audience. So um, who'd like to go first this week? My tip for this week will be to get dressed. And I feel with COVID happening with online classes, we like halfway get dressed or we don't get dressed because they can't see us. We've got our monitors off. Yep. Or just women and get dressed because I learned that I got dressed today and I feel better. Um, I look better. <laughs> And overall, it just makes me feel good. It makes me motivated. It keeps me going versus if I'm like lounging in comfortable clothes, it makes me feel kind of lazy. So get dressed, get be productive. Pajamas, a little lazy. So get dressed, everybody. I'm going next because I feel exactly like you do, Jojo. I have spent 
the last five months in workout clothes. And again, I'm in jean shorts today, but I did put on my Cal State t-shirt and I was having this conversation with myself yesterday. I was like, Monica, you've got to do something to motivate your fashionista side because I do love style, but I have so not been into it because I literally don't go anywhere. <laughs> I work from home. I go to the grocery and home. Target is like, woohoo, like big time for me. Target and home. The other day I went to Sephora because the one here in Vegas is open. And of course, it's all social distancing, masks required, all of that, no samples. That's fine. I knew what I needed. I got in, got out. But I was like, go buy yourself something to make you just feel better. So, okay, my tip of the week. If you have a little bit of extra money, or if not, you can save for it. But Vans, you know, the shoe brand Vans. Okay, I did not get my first pair of Vans until I was 48. I'm 50 now. And I... I love them. I'm addicted to them now. So they're, uh -oh. oh my God, for real. Their rainbow collection is back. And I've been waiting for these for like two years since I saw them. So I'm going to show them to you. You can't see if you're only listening, but look at how cute my shoes are. Oh, those are cute. Right? Those are cute. I know. And I bought two pair, a white with a little rainbow around the sole and then the checkered black and rainbow. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with them. And my tip is not go buy Vans because they don't sponsor us. But <laughs> my tip is if you can, you know, either buy something for yourself or do something for yourself that kind of lifts your spirits and gets you back into this mindset of, you know, best foot forward presenting yourself in your best light and just getting yourself ready for the day so that it shifts your mindset. Because for me, having these on my feet, like I'm already in a better mood. So that's my tip of the week. Do something for yourself. Nice. To put on your body. That's it. So my tip of the week is um, just trying to buy, um, to stay healthy, like the fruit that's in season. And right now, I've been loving mangoes and oh my gosh, I eat sometimes two a day. I don't know if they're in season, but like Costco has some good mangoes and they're like this big. Yes. And I just love them. And then with the heen, so everybody, if you could go get a mango, you should go try it right now <laughs> before mango the season's, I think, over. I don't know about mango season, but they're good right now. Mangoes. No, no me gusta. No me gusta. <laughs> no. They're super, they're super I like they're at Walmart too. Yeah, Super I don't like mangoes. Yeah. Okay, Erica, what's your tip, trick, or tip? Hold up. Hold up. Tip, trick, or pick. Say that five times fast of the week. I don't think I can say it once. But mine would be more of like a trick. Like, I'm a little bit like slower than the average sometimes. And um, with the mothering, since it's a mothering podcast, I'm in the middle of potty training. And I just figured out like last month that, okay, so pull-ups have like the Velcro on the side. So that way, you know, like they are easy to pull off once, you know, things happen. I didn't know that like you can put it on that way. Like I didn't know the Velcro restuck. So instead of having to take your child's clothes completely off to put a pull-up on, you can put it on like a normal diaper because the Velcro attaches on the sides when you go to put it on. It's not just meant for taking off. You can use it putting on. So for me, I'm like, man, like I'm like five months deep of taking my son's clothes completely off when I could have just put it on like a normal diaper because pull-ups have like Velcro on the sides. So my trick, if you didn't know that, is there's Velcro on the side of pull-ups that reattach. It's not just meant for taking off easy, like That's I thought. That's typically what Velcro does, Erica. That's <laughs> yeah, I'm so coming over here slow. 
and there's other slow people too. So for the ones that are just as slow as me, <laughs> just heads up. And parent and candid. Yeah, first time parent. That I'm sure the second times have already figured it out. Love it. Thank you, Erica. I needed that. I didn't know right. that. My son's already six and potty trained. <laughs> I just left my kid naked until he learned. I just let Logan and Aaron run around naked, and I was like, you're, you're going to learn, and when you learn, you can have chonies. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> okay, so what I want to do is, before we end this, first of all, I want to thank my co-hosts, Erica, Daisy, Jojo, who have been here with you guys and with me for the last six months, supporting me, supporting the program, working super hard, working over what they're paid, because that's just what we do. So thank you guys for being here with me today. Um, two of my co-hosts are doing it for free today, just because they're supportive of me, they're supportive of Guardians, and we appreciate you being here always. Um, I do want to encourage and remind our students, if you're listening to the very end of this podcast, that over the summer we took part in CSUB Student Recreation Center's fitness challenge. They're having a fall challenge. It really helped me stay accountable. It helped me feel like I had somebody to check in with even though I'm working out alone right now because I am continuing to socially distance myself. And that means in my, my wellness efforts and my workout efforts as well. So if you need some motivation, check them out. The link is in, I believe their Instagram. I'm sure you can find it on their website. It's just a check-in, you know, it's a Google form you fill out. And at the end of it, you get a cool t-shirt like the one that I'm wearing today. Um, they have prizes for you. And I mean, I support it because I need it and it just helps me stay connected. So if you guys are looking for a way to kind of keep your wellness efforts supported and um, I don't know, communal, that's a great way to do it virtually. So I just want to throw that in there and thank everybody for joining us today. Thank you for listening to our mom journeys. Thank you for listening to us express ourselves about being women in the workplace, in academic life, in our personal lives, and hopefully we'll continue to grow and learn no matter what level of momming that you're at and we'll continue to educate others and maybe transition and, um, and learn as a community and as a country how we can support one another through parenting no matter where you are. So thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys next time and take care. Be well. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.